Hi, my name is Parker Cassano, and you're about to listen to episode number 7 of Honey Hush, where my mom Elizabeth is going to share with you how me being born changed everything. We are a three-ring circus most days that is messy and time-consuming, but my mama never gives up. She always finds a way for the important things, and today she's going to share a few of her secrets with you. If she encourages you today, would you please post a screenshot on your social media and leave a review? Now, here she is, the one that never gives up on me, my champion, my mama, Elizabeth Cassano. Hey guys, before we get started today, let's just take a quick minute to read a couple reviews from our listeners. So, Tara B. says, Yes! I'm so excited about the idea behind this podcast. Women supporting women? We need so much more of this. Thankful these women are using their platform to empower other women through their stories and God-given abilities. I so appreciate their vulnerability and their authenticity. I for sure hit subscribe on this one. Thank you so much, Tara B., for leaving that review. Then we have another one from Carrie M. Realtor. She says, love, I love, love, love your podcast already. I, too, am a female entrepreneur, and I can totally relate to the issues you ladies are addressing. I couldn't agree more with your collective philosophy. Keep it coming. Carrie M. Realtor, you can just guarantee we are going to keep it coming. Welcome to Honey Hush, the podcast for up-and-coming and established leaders alike. Every week, we discuss how to win influence with one simple strategy, kindness. Whether you are a successful entrepreneur or still in the dream phase, Honey Hush is for you. Now here are your hive hostesses, three Southern businesswomen who know a thing or two about using honey to attract the bees, Lacey, Michelle, and Elizabeth. Hey guys, this is Elizabeth, and today's episode is going to be all about my perspective of being in the marketplace while still fulfilling my dreams of being at home with my babies full time. This is a hard one, y'all. And like the other two Hive girls mentioned earlier, it is such a personal journey. I do not for one moment want to assume that every woman listening is a mother or even wants to be a mother one day. I also do not want to assume that every mother listening has any interest in producing household income. This is just my ride and what I've come to appreciate along the way as a type A, competitive, driven, alpha female. Any other goal slayers out there? So I guess it would help if I reminded you that I have a teenage son, a fifth grade daughter, and then there's the baby. Technically, the baby is three years old, but we have not had a family meeting yet to discuss when we will cease referring to her as the baby. That baby story is quite significant in my entrepreneurship story because literally she is a full decade separated from my first go-round with being a mom. My husband and I began trying to have children the day we got home from our honeymoon. Now, not literally trying to the point of watching the calendar to plan special date nights or anything, but we never prevented anything either. Two years into our marriage, we decided to for real try. Talk about awkward. I mean, any of you that have been to this part of your marriage, you know the drill. All of a sudden, those intimate moments became more functional moments. And I'll never forget getting to tell Justin about his first baby. For whatever reason, he found it romantic to propose to me on the very grocery store aisle that we met on. So aisle number five at Food Max. So it only seemed logical that I would tell him about this baby on aisle number five at Food Max as well. 
I mean, how funny is it that our special moments are forever captured somewhere on surveillance footage? I tucked that pregnancy test in between a box of Cheerios and Frosted Flakes, and I told him to grab me a box of Tony the Tiger. At first, I think he thought it was sort of gross that someone would leave something like that on the grocery store shelf, but quickly he figured out the joke was on him. Then that following Sunday while I was at church in the middle of Sunday school, it happened. That gush that no pregnant woman is ever prepared for. The worst part is that I was scheduled to sing the special, you know, the, you know, you know what I'm talking about, the special, you know, the part that somebody sings a solo right before the sermon. Yeah, that was happening in 30 minutes. So there I was on stage at church, clearly in the early stages of a miscarriage, singing a song that even now I, I don't even remember what it was, but I just remember thinking to myself, so, this is how my mothering story is going to begin. At that point in our lives, I'd been a very successful sales rep for a large company out of Memphis, Tennessee. So successful that not once, but twice, I led the company in sales growth. I've won incentive trips, had a pension plan in place, and loved my customers. However, losing that baby put all of those career accolades into laser focus for me in about 2.5 seconds. I knew I wanted a baby, but what was I going to do with it? We had a really good life going, but my husband had decided to try a different career path for a minute, and it was not one that was going to support a family without my income. Over the course of about the nine next, you know, I guess it was about nine months, my body decided to reject any and all attempts to get pregnant. Those intimate turned functional moments had turned into mechanical robotic moments filled with prescriptions, blood tests, and tears of disappointment. But those nine months also gave us enormous perspective and time for my husband to make some career choices and investment decisions that would set us up better for the time if the Lord did allow us to have a child. Then it happened. Another positive pregnancy test and lab results so low that more prescriptions were added and the sickness hit hard. And then we found out it was a boy. And when I saw that precious face on the monitor, I began to plead with the Lord for him to give me an idea that would fill the financial gap that me leaving my corporate job, that it would just, it would, it would create just a way to, to, to fill that gap. Because I had waited so long for that sweet boy, I did not want to miss a second of his life. I'll never forget the advice my own father gave me when I told him I was considering walking away from a pension plan just months before it was fully vested. My baby was going to be born in January, and I would be locked in by May at only 27 years old. Talk about a golden ticket. But I just couldn't wait. I didn't care. And my dad did not flinch. He just said, Elizabeth, imagine if you were to give to your children everything that you give to the rest of the world. You could create an army. I think the best investment you could ever make is of yourself to your own kids. Y'all, that was the moment this entrepreneur erupted. The Lord literally put a business in my mind so big that I had to go to the library to check out books about how to do it. Okay, so this was obviously before computer research and Google and all that was anything worth using. So I checked out books on how to sew children's clothing. Yeah, children's clothing. My parents bought me a monogram slash sewing machine combo thing for Christmas that year. And my business... Domestic Bliss was created, and for three solid years, that business rocked. I mean, for real, not to brag, 
but I could get some seriously cute stuff done during my son's nap time. When Proverbs 31 talks about how she burns the midnight oil, I at least got that one box that one box checked. It was all about time management and living by schedule. The author of the book Babywise is my hero. I did not know any more about raising babies than I knew about sewing clothes. But you know what? I went to the library, I checked out books, and I taught myself everything I needed to know. During those early business ownership days, it was all about time blocking. Every moment of every day had a purpose. Then, like many families, we wanted more children. So here we go again. Miscarriages, prescriptions, mechanical robot, and by now, we had begun to figure out what was wrong with me. So we executed our attempts a little differently and finally succeeded with a healthy little girl. And crazy postpartum depression. Say bye-bye to domestic bliss or say bye-bye to mommy. Whew, that first year with two children and a late postpartum diagnosis was well a blur. I could go off on a tangent here, but trust me to say that God sees you in your pit and he is big enough to pull you up out of it. Even though I had to press pause on my in-home business and cancel my boutique contracts, we never did without. My husband had found his passion in banking and was rising faster than we had expected. I was allowed to remain home with my precious babies, let my mind find balance, and just enjoy being a mother for a solid year. But of course, once healthy, this entrepreneur mind was roaming looking for a place to land. For the next two years, I decided to sell another company's line of children's clothing that I did not have to sew or monogram. I could just have people over, sell the clothing, and send the orders to someone else to fulfill. Perfect way to get my feet back in the water. Eventually, my son went to kindergarten and my daughter attended a Mom's Day Out program two mornings a week. Those two mornings alone were fun for about a month, but I have to admit, I'm that person that if I have a single free minute, it's going to be used to produce something. My husband heard of our local chamber of commerce needing a sales rep for a community highlight magazine, so he signed me up without even asking me. And as a side note, business owners, if you are not a part of your community's Chamber of Commerce, you are really, really missing out. When this episode finishes, I need you to give that place a call and find out how you can be involved. It is fantastic. So for four years, while my baby girl was at the Mom's Day Out program, two mornings a week, I contracted myself to sell ads and work with the company to edit and publish Columbus Magazine. And let me just say, without bragging too much, that sucker was freaking awesome. Eventually, my daughter went to kindergarten, and I got to be a more intricate part of the chamber as the membership director as well, but still only while the kids were at school. For me, whether it was a sewing business in my home, a clothing line bought online, or just contracting out my skills, it has always been important to do those things secondary to raising my babies. My inner desire to be the CEO of something, you know, fantastic constantly roars, wanting to break out of the cage of everyday mommydom. But I fought to have these kids, and I only had two to show for all that fighting. So in my head, I was going to suppress that inner lioness, throw her a few nibbles here and there to keep her nourished, but knew eventually both kids would be in school one day, and then I could show the world what I really had to offer. But inner stage left... A complicated ADHD and dyslexia diagnosis for my then third grade son that no school around here wanted to touch with a 10-foot pole. Y'all, I had a plan. 
I had given my best career years to my children with no regrets, but I was ready to fly, like really fly high too. So that next summer, I finished up that final edition of the magazine, resigned my contract with the chamber, and prepared to homeschool my upcoming first grade daughter and fourth grade son. I tried to pull out that monogram machine again. I thought, I'll be home all day, every day. Might as well bust out you know, domestic bliss and make some money, right? I mean, y'all, that was dumb, like really dumb. Homeschooling a boy with a reading disorder and attention deficit is not for the faint of heart. And then by Christmas, I realized, dang it, my daughter has the exact same presenting symptoms. Can I please get a break? We get her tested, check. We're doing the proper therapies, check. And as a side note, I do have a blog on that if you're resonating with this part of my story. Life is getting a rhythm. Then that Christmas, I'm sick. Like, real sick. Past flu symptoms for over two weeks. Like, way past the flu. It's so bad that I went to the doctor and I never go to the doctor. So I fast forward to tell you, I was pregnant. Seven years of no successful pregnancies and doctors saying you really need to make peace with yourself. That those two kids you have, that may be all you ever have. And to stop doing this to yourself. So, you know, I mean, you just give up. Being pregnant was not even in my brain in any capacity. But there I was in that doctor's office, stunned and overjoyed and distraught and scared. I was 37 years old, homeschooling two kids with not-so-easy situations and was going to be adding an infant to the mix. So after the baby was born and life was just pure chaos, I did what any anxious, impatient, overachiever does. I added one more thing to my life. I decided to give network marketing a shot. Like the real deal, sell a product and recruit a team to lead type of network marketing. If my friends from the gym could do it, so could I. So I researched the company, figured out how to work the compensation plan in my advantage, and got to work when the kids were occupied with other things. But first, I had to figure out how to use my new iPhone because y'all, I'm not very tech savvy. While my kids wrote spelling words and the baby cooed, I was posting education about skincare. While my kids were at art class and the baby napped, I curated my social media squares. While the kids slept at night, I was training my downline. I lapped up pouring my corporate marketing strategies into eager learners and being able to sell someone else's creation. And most of all, I thrived on being a change agent with other women who wanted my help. For the very first time in my entrepreneur journey, it all made sense. All the previous things had led to this thing. Y'all, some women are mothers. Some are not. Some women have income-producing jobs outside of the home. Some produce income while at home all day, whether their kids are there or not. Some do not feel the desire for either. The point is, clearly, we are all as different as there are Enneagram variations. I felt very clearly, without any cloudiness, that I was to walk away from my corporate America job to raise Parker and any other kids that came later. But that did not mean that my inner competitive sales mentality died. It meant that I put it on the shelf for a hot minute and then applied it to something that I could control within the home, which was domestic bliss for me. I made a lot of money during nap time, but then an unexpected roadblock hit me right in the face, postpartum depression. So it was wise to take that year to heal, 
As soon as I was whole again, my normal self desired that edge while still remaining true to the first task at hand, two kids under five. So I sold the clothing they wore every day, found a rush in clothing them for free because I worked to make that happen. The moment I had a little more freedom in my mommy schedule, I was able to dabble into contract marketing only to realize that 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 was just only a nice little glimpse of future opportunities because one more mommy stop needed to be made by the most precious angel child God ever created. Even though the timing was incredibly off in my opinion, I was more than honored to have another arrow added to my quiver regardless of the additional delay it created for my life's agenda. All of these things led me to an at-home, with-the-kids option of network marketing where I got to do all the things that other business ventures prepared me for. So here is my take on being a mom in the business world. I once heard someone much wiser, wiser than myself say that there's no such thing as balance. However, there is such thing as harmony. When I walked away from my corporate marketing job to raise my son at home, that cut our household income by more than half. We had been smart and stacked our savings account, but that drained quickly. In order, to re- in order to remain home, I had to do something income-producing at home from the very beginning, and I had a desire for it. Entrepreneurship is in my blood. The men on my mom's side were farmers, the epitome of self-starters and self-motivators. The Lord was gracious enough to bless my efforts and give me the next step along the way. I've had a fire in me that burns so hot that I sometimes scare myself. That concept of harmony means that there's a time and a season for all things. All things do not necessarily have to happen at the same time. In fact, I'll even venture to say that all things cannot happen well at the same time. It also means that different people in the household can play different roles to get the overall objective accomplished. If I set out to accomplish all things that I have in my head, while trying to raise three children, while also in tandem support my husband, That is more likely to sound like a group of fifth graders who were just issued their band instruments, not harmony. I personally can only do a certain amount of things well. I absolutely can conquer a to-do list and might even fool a bunch of folks that I have it somewhat together. But if the goal is to find harmony, guess what? Everything on that to-do list is not going to get done and your perfect little social media squares might get uploaded a little less often. But for me, my most important audience is my family. If I'm failing at loving them the way that they perceive love, then all of my other endeavors are in vain. What does it matter if I rise to the top of some company's bar graph if my own family is missing out on that fire burning inside of their own mother? My dad was on to something that day in my living room when he asked me, what if I applied that passion to building what's important to me instead of what's important to someone else? Because I have learned to find harmony in my work and mom life, I had the privilege of advocating for my two dyslexic children in a state that does not even recognize this as a learning disability. And because I had a baby so late in life, it forced me to find a place for my business energy that has taught me more about leadership than any MBA any college has to offer. I see it all so clearly now from the rearview mirror. Y'all, life has seasons. If you're finding yourself as a new mom in the spring of your mommy career, can I be bold and encourage you to not force the buds to bloom. Summer's going to get here fast enough, and you'll be up and running again in no time. Give yourself grace to not get it all done. In fact, here's a freebie. If you can find it in your budget, get a housekeeper. Take that off your plate. In fact, find a stay-at-home mom that does that as her income, and hire her. 
If you're finding yourself with older children, they're in school, and they do not need you quite as much as they used to, embrace that freedom and do not feel guilty for going to the gym before they wake up. Girl, me too. I often go to the gym at 5 a.m. because I know what my day holds, and I want to start it off with that serotonin flowing like a waterfall. Unfortunately, they just don't need me to rub their backs and sing the wake-up song anymore. Just because life has seasons does not mean that you have to stop dreaming. It means that there will be a time for all things you can imagine to come true. But please be so careful that you do not force things that are not ready. I mean, how many of us put our garden out before Easter only to have that one more frost come in and kill it? And I do not want your dreams to die. I know your family is part of that dream too, and you're just trying to figure out how to get it all in there. So a few strategies that have worked for me over the years as my mom work-life flow has evolved are number one. Have a conversation with your spouse about what is really important to you both in your overall family goals. I mean, have a real open, transparent conversation that might make one another a little nervous. You may find out that your husband has an idea that he's been too scared to tell you about. Or you may start crying when you admit that you feel the kids could use you a little bit more at home during the summers. It is vitally important that you both voice your desires out loud and do not assume the other one is fulfilled. My husband grew up with a mom that worked outside of the home and he went to daycare every day. So it never occurred to him that I would want to raise our children at home and start a home business. But then we talked about it, wrote our goals, wrote our end goals down, and together we made a plan to create harmony. The bills got paid and the kids were here with me. Number two, be mindful about why you do what you do. Are you staying in a certain career just because it's what you've always done? Or you got that college degree, so now you feel obligated to use it? Remember, neither me nor my husband ever used our college degree majors. I am all about going to college and getting an education. But do not let that decision that you made at 18 years old dictate the rest of your life. Or just because you said, ever since I was a little girl, I wanted to be a, you know, fill in the blank. You are an ever-evolving creation that does not need to be boxed in. Loyalty and allegiance definitely have their place. But knowing why you do what you do and making conscious choices to choose that over and over again is of great value as well. Number three, and this one's huge, time blocking. For me, if I can see that all things will eventually get attention, then it takes the pressure off. And I don't mean just daily time blocking. I mean like life time blocking. At 35 years old, I made a deal with myself that I would run a half marathon on my 40th birthday. At 35 and then again at 36, I was homeschooling, which was super important at the time, and not going to the gym every day. At 37, I had a baby and I was back in that mode again with infant. By 39, I knew that I had better figure out how to accomplish that half marathon goal. And on my actual 40th birthday, I did it. I knew at 35 my life was not in a place to train for a long race, but it did not stop myself from dreaming. I knew that there would be a time in the future that that dream would fit in. It just wasn't that day. So I time blocked it. I said at age 40, I will run a half marathon. And you know what? Because I remained mindful along the way, and I had my husband's support because we had discussed it earlier in the process, it happened. Making a list of what needs to happen in a day, a month, and then a year, and then giving those activities a specific place in your schedule is called time blocking. And it can change your life, sister. Number four, do not be scared to take a risk. Thomas Jefferson said, with great risk 
comes great reward. And Mark Zuckerberg says the biggest risk is not taking any risk at all. The only strategy that is guaranteed to fail is not taking risk. So you've got two choices. You can happen to life or life can happen to you. What are non-negotiables that you hold tight to as a mother that you do not want to delegate that you do not want to delegate out to another person? How can you fulfill those tasks that are important to you while remaining a purposeful person outside of motherhood? Those are really big questions that only you can answer for yourself. And girl, I get it. Life is short and you only live once. You're right. Your kids are only going to be 3, 11, or 14 once. And every day, you're modeling for them what being a mom, a wife, an employee, a business owner, fill in the blank. You're modeling for them what that looks like. So those of you with daughters especially, what sort of work-mom-life harmony do you hope your baby girl finds in her own life one day? And those of you with sons, what sort of bar are you setting for his one-day wife and mother of your grandchildren? Do you hope that she has the wisdom to allow herself to fully enjoy one season without getting anxious for the next? Get that image of harmony in your head real clear. Let that be your guide. And then I ask that you give yourself that gift. It is never too late to reorganize your own life so that it actually models what you value. And yes, life is short, but there is always plenty of time for the things that are most important. (laughs) 